0: A skim, and this might be my new favourite passage. This is Hebrews 4. We're going to read the whole thing. It's called The Believer's Rest. Therefore, while the promise of entering his rest still remains and is freely offered today, let us fear in case any one of you may seem to come short of reaching it or think he has come too late. For indeed, we have had the good news of salvation preached to us, just as the Israelites who also and the good news of the promised land came to them. But the message they heard did not benefit them, because it was not united with faith in God by those who heard. For we who believe, that is we who personally trust and confidently rely on God, enter that rest. So we have his inner peace now because we are confident in our salvation and assured of his power, just as he has said. As I swore an oath in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. This he said, although his works were completed from the foundation of the world, waiting for all who would believe. For somewhere in Scripture he had said this about the seventh day, and God rested on the seventh day from all his works, and again in this, they shall not enter my rest. Therefore, since the promise remains for some to enter his rest, and those who formerly had the good news preached to them failed to grasp, failed to grasp it and did not enter, because of their unbelief evidenced by their disobedience. He again sets a definite day, a new today, providing another opportunity to enter that rest by saving through David after so long a time, just as has been said before in the words already quoted. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. This mention of a rest was not a reference to their entering into Canaan. For if Joshua had given them rest, God would not speak about another day of opportunity after that. So there remains a full and complete Sabbath, rest for the people of God. For the one who has entered, once entered his rest, has also rested from the weariness and pain of his human labors, just as God rested from those labors uniquely his own. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest of God, to know and experience it for ourselves so that no one will fall by following the same example of disobedience as those who died in the wilderness. For the word of God is living and active and full of power, making it operative, energizing and effective. It is sharper than any two-edged sword, penetrating as far as the division of soul and spirit, the completeness of a person and of the joints and marrow, the deepest parts of our nature. Exposing and judging the very thoughts and intentions of the heart. And not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight, but all things are open and exposed and revealed to the eyes of him with whom we have to give account. Inasmuch then, as we believers have a great high priest who has already ascended and passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession of faith and cling tenaciously to our absolute trust in him as Saviour. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathise and understand our weakness and temptations, but one who has been tempted, knowing exactly how it feels to be human, in every respect as we are, yet without committing any sin. Therefore, let us with privilege approach the throne of grace, that is the throne of God's gracious favour, with confidence and without fear, so that we may receive mercy for our failures and find His amazing grace to help in time of need and appropriate blessing coming just.
1: the center of the truth we're going to look at today. You know, Curtis pulled this passage, Hebrews chapter 4. We're just going to take some time just to sit in what it's saying to us. So even during worship, you might want to pull it out on your phone. And it's a lot to take in, to be honest. Uh, you know, we—I I, I, Curtis picked this passage and said, I really feel like we're sitting in the truth of this this week. And I said to him, you know, I, I spoke a message on this whole passage two years ago in May 2020. And, uh, you know, still I came back to read it even after this whole passage being read in a message that I put together for myself. And I was like, man, it's just such a mind bend. You know, what is this talking about? What is it trying to get to us? And so if you've got a phone, if you've got a device, like, you know, this is, this is the only time during worship we're going to say, would everyone please pull out your phones? But, uh, take a minute and reflect on this for yourselves. We're going to take some time this morning to, to, uh, just kind of chew on it and discuss it share on it together and so uh we'll we'll, we'll worship a bit more we'll reel Janessa back in but um it a-
2: talking about um rest I I shared this in the morning but um yeah there's just there's been like a lot of uh fear for me um like heaviness this week and last week um uh, one of my good friends from work is Ukrainian, and she's actually in Kiev right now with her um, with her parents. And so, yeah, it's just it's got me to like really um, think about like heaven and earth, and what what are we living for? What am I living for? And um, and yesterday I. Um, I uh, Archie came to our room and I I'd put him to bed already and I was journaling um and I don't take credit for this I just saw an Instagram parenting Instagram post and so it was about what to do when your kid's scared so I, and then like two minutes later Arch comes into the room and so I got to practice it on him but basically um he came into the room and he's like I'm so scared and um so I was like what are you scared of and he said um a big puppy, which doesn't sound too scary, but to him it was. And and I said, well, that's okay. Mummy's not scared of a big puppy. Um, and I just gave him a, a big hug, and he went back to bed. Um, and I just thought, that's that's our that's our Jesus. Like that's God. He's like, I'm not, I'm not overwhelmed. I'm not afraid. I'm not. Um, consumed by the things that you are and um just like he just offers us this this gentle embrace and this place of rest um and I'm I'm just so thankful for a God that is like no other um and you know he has overcome yeah yeah
3: father we're we acknowledge that um, we are lost without you. That the air we breathe and the, that what we need for everyday life is your word and your truth in us. Yeah, yeah. This passage. Um, we're just gonna we're gonna. I'm gonna play a bit more music and we'll um, we'll just sit in it again. This is the preach this morning. This passage. Yeah. So we're gonna let it preach and. I'll come share some of my thoughts. I'm sure Brad will share some of his thoughts later, um, but we're gonna let you share your thoughts first. And so, um, so just for the next few minutes, we'll sit in it again. Just read it like it's fresh again. Yeah, just come at it again. Well, I'll put it up. We'll put it up on the screen. Matthew, if you just when we start, you just read it really slow to yourself and then move it along. Okay, and then that'll that'll help. Um, and we'll just we'll just sit in this and let let it sort of preach for us this morning and then um and then we'll divide up into groups of um well
1: we we're able to pull some things out of this passage that feel like they're speaking to life and offering us something what do we got what are some of the what are some of the pieces we chewed on together that we just thought yeah there gee there were some good thoughts share your own or somebody who was beside you either way uh, what are some of the things that kind of came out of this we'll throw this around just because it'll help everybody here yeah anything yeah oh, Sorry, oh. sorry, sorry
4: mate. this one's for you Ass. oh that's a bit loud this one's for you as sounds like he's about to sing something bit of bit of karaoke send <laughs> out this song <laughs> for us i like that
3: and uh <laughs> <laughs> come on come
4: on church all right, um I actually found the message version of that verse really connected uh just had the words that I needed anyway just connected with me better today um, and so I won't read it all out but but it was interesting I was coming into today with some things that I wasn't feeling at rest about and just were a little bit noisy um and I was challenged by the verse that where it talks about um, I will read this bit out, the start of um, Hebrews four in the message. It says, For as long then as that promise of resting in him pulls us on to God's goal for us, we need to be careful that we're not disqualified. And I thought that was just interesting, you know, it's like God does have a goal for us, but we need to but we've got an active role in that. Um, we receive the same promises as those people in the wilderness but the promises didn't do them a bit of good because they didn't receive the promises with faith. And I just thought, you know, and, and it has been, there's been a bit of a situation where things haven't transpired the way that I heard them. And it rattles you and you start to go, well, you know, it makes you question other things. And, um, but I have felt through the process that I, I have felt that I've got a role in it. Like I've almost felt like God's been challenging me to, level up on my faith and it's just interesting reading this you know recognizing that you know I definitely don't feel a state of peace around this issue um I have in other times when when I've had a greater confidence and a greater faith that what I've heard was actually true now whether it transpires to be true or not I'm not sure how it's all going to play out but I think there's something yeah there's just something in that um in my role in this that, you know, don't be careful that we don't disqualify ourselves because of the lack of faith for the words that God has said and it go and right down at the end of it it says something about um uh where's it say this? God means what he says, what he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defence. I thought, yeah, well wow, that's true as well, isn't it? Like what he says goes and you know, yeah, it is the doubts that have me not taking faith, and therefore not experiencing the peace he's got for me in this area. Yeah. Great. Oh, hello. Yeah. Great thoughts.
1: Yeah. It's a. Uh, yeah, it's an interesting. It's an interesting thing to, I mean to connect the fulfillment of the promise with the faith in the promise. you know, It's like, sometimes we live like, just what'll be will be, and, and God gets his way. Yeah, and I like what you're focusing on, that there's a partnership in faith with the promise and that it changes the story. Yeah, yeah, I think we, and it's hard to see that because we don't necessarily highlight those moments in our, we don't necessarily highlight those moments in our story you know like and that's what this passage is doing is it's highlighting a moment in the israelite story where they refused to partner with the promise and therefore didn't receive the rest yeah and it's like we desire the rest you know but the partnership with the promise is what leads to it trusting god for the thing he said is what provides the rest not the accomplishment of the promise yeah it's interesting isn't it yeah i like your thoughts yeah anybody else any
5: um, we were also talking about the connection of uh faith and trust and how that goes with hand in hand with rest, I like what you guys were saying too. and um we talked about how that comes with relationship and knowing him and trusting him and um but then another thing we talked about, and something that I feel like is a challenge to me this morning is um oh, we were talking about Sofa Marcy's Sabbath and the day that they choose to um intentionally choose rest, and I was thinking. I I love the idea of it and I love um I love yeah I guess the fantasy of what that rest would um give to me but I don't really want to choose it either like I was putting myself in their shoes and going actually that that costs a lot too like it costs me um do you know maybe I have security in my phone or maybe it's costing me connection or feeling like I'm missing out on things because I'm not in the loop or whatever. But um, yeah, rather than just assuming that rest is always beautiful and fabulous and has, you know, it's just this wonderful idea. It's like, I actually have to choose it and it actually um, costs me something too, but choosing it has a real powerful um, outcome. So yeah, I don't know if all that makes sense, but I yeah I'm challenged by that this morning, choosing rest and what that could look like, and yeah.
6: Yeah, I had um, there's one thought that sort of came for me with the last section where it talked about Jesus being the high priest. That actually made um, I was saying to the guys here, it, it's almost a, for me it needed to be written that part first so with we can get caught up in our own I'll say in our, our own humanness where um, in our day to day lives and whether it be um, doubt or shame or anything that can prevent us from sitting in God's grace first um, and then to just to be a, it's a constant reminder that jesus is that high priest that intercessory to enable us to be able to sit in that grace first which would then help us to achieve the rest so i don't know if you can get complete rest unless you acknowledge the grace that you're sitting in
1: so yeah i like that chris that's a good thought yeah it's kind of a theme that Leela picked up in our group the bit that stuck out to her and i think she read it in the message too so it's not quite how this bit says it but it was uh, the phrase that she grabbed was, "You stand naked before him, we're exposed." I mean, I think here it says, uh, oh, "Searching." Sorry. Basically, he sees you completely. Oh yeah, this. Um, not a and not a creature exists that is concealed from his sight, but all things are open and exposed and revealed to the eyes of him whom we have to give an account and. It's like when, uh, when God sees me completely and I don't recognize the grace through which he views me all of all fear being seen. And it's like it connects for me with this part of the passage that talks about the word of God being active and powerful, even dividing to the very soul and spirit. And when you start to think about that, it's like you know, when I stand before a God who sees me completely and I'm fully exposed before him, he can begin to divide what's true and what's false what's of my soul and what's of his spirit he can begin to reveal motive and judge you know and i feel like when i marry that with the things you're talking about glenn and i recognize that my motives aren't being judged before all of you the motives of my heart the intent of my heart isn't being judged so that i can be shamed before all of these people it's so that i can be revealed to myself and understand what i'm in and in that place when i can see the work of my soul driving me towards things that aren't purposed by god or that are destructive or when you whatever the case might be you know i need that assistance and i need the grace of god to see me with complete love in a place where then his word of truth comes and separates soul from spirit and then comes this choice of faith Will I trust him and what comes from his spirit over me and what lives in my soul? And will I find rest then in trusting what comes from the spirit? And for me, there's not a single day that this doesn't play out. It's like, God, that, that he would view me, that I would be exposed before him, that he would see completely. And, and I live sometimes assuming I see this completely and I just need to see what he has. But when I come to him to be exposed, to myself God would you see me completely and would you come and separate for me soul from spirit by your word of truth and give me something that I can trust and find rest in I find in that place uh, uh, that is the path to rest you know that I would be seen by a God of grace who only ever views me through love, but will reveal to me the hidden motives, the hidden agendas that my own soul is throwing at me, you know, and, you know, maybe an example of that is helpful, you know, I can come to God and say, like, this is all yours, everything I have is yours, would you just, just tell me what to do? You know but if in my own heart there's a total resistance to letting go of what I have and a fear that I'm not gonna have what I need and a fear that the best days are gonna be behind me and I'm holding on I'm holding on you know I mean Leela and I are in the process we feel like we've been in process already for I don't know eight or twelve months going God are we staying in the house we're in or are we selling it are, you know and and I feel like what I would say to you is we're really comfortable and we've said from the beginning if you know we'll roll our life in again on the path of god you know we've gone all in on this before and we'll do it again we want to be those who would but then i need god to come and show me like am i in torment over this am i holding on to this house am i ashamed if my lifestyle goes down am i defined by the place i live it's like i don't think i am my my soul's saying i'm ready but am i ready god come And expose. let me be completely seen and exposed before you. And would you come separate soul and spirit and give me truth that I can trust and a word of the spirit that I can follow. And it's like, you know, that for me, that's this inner reality that's revealed in this passage. That's just so powerful. And Chris, I think what you're saying is entirely true. It's got to start with a belief that God is a God of grace. You know, the passage that sits before this in the end of chapter three talks about the peril of unbelief. And then this passage is titled, at least in, in, in the you know, version I was reading, uh, The Rest of Believers. And really what we're being handed here is tools to deal with unbelieving parts of our heart that refuse to trust and take faith in the things God's offering to us, refuse even to see ourselves or be exposed in those things. And it's like, I want the promises of God. But I wanna—I I don't want to hold on to something that's coming from my soul that I'm calling spirit, that is holding on to an agenda that I have. I need Him to come and reveal me to me. I need—I need the motives of my heart to be judged before Him. Yeah. Anyway, those were some of the things that were coming out in our group. And yeah, Curtis, come—come come share a couple of, of your thoughts. Th- I, I stole your she thunder. Will well, you come and share it the way you would? Oh, come on. I don't know. Yeah, come and know. Just come and tell us why you chose this wow. passage and what God's been saying to you about it. You picked this, so come on. Come be wonderful before us. Maybe do it in song.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we'll.
1: You can have this one. I I'm yeah, just going to go. Uh, you well, I guess I'm staying. You pulled up beside yeah. me. I think we're cuddling. I don't
5: yeah. know. I'm here to be the backup singer. Yeah, it sounds like a talk show. Like
3: Oh, you think we should? Yeah, well. Tag team. So anyway. So, yeah, yeah,
1: especially when you're on Zoom, like, you the two Oh, okay. Brutus? Great. Oh. Brodus. Oh. I know what you were doing. I know.
3: I know what you were doing. Brutus. 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 Okay,
1: okay we're we'll I'm going to throw myself another, but we are the Brutus. <laughs> <laughs> Thank Focus. You. All right, Thank you, Yeah. Gosh, U-chat. That was She's right giving there. us a U-chat. That was a U-chat. <laughs> That that's right it. there was a you She just, she just so dragged you in there. And needed just, focus. She's just. Sorry. All right. Let's be blessed by Curtis' song.
3: Well, no, the I think the yeah, that's right. I think the the part the thing that led me. It's a strange way to get to this passage for me. The the direction of it has been strange, um, but. Um, uh maybe without knowing it or maybe intentionally brad's been preaching this message to me for a while anyway so that we've had a fair few conversations about some of this type of stuff but really the way the lord led me to this passage because he did it backwards we've been talking about some of this stuff anyway um in life but i think um he said to me that line that comes in it's his word too it comes from uh samuel where he says he said to me uh, obedience is better than sacrifice this is what i felt like he whispered into my head one day and i was like oh okay that's a that's a like i was just like lord what are we what are we talking about what are you trying to get to me and i just felt like he said obedience is better than sacrifice and that that statement comes from um a time when saul uh um was told to uh carry out um a, a, let's just let's talk, let's keep it short carry out a mission. Uh, and he decided that his way was a little bit better the way he figured was a little bit better and and then uh, at the end of it brought a big sacrifice to god and said now here's my offering to you and samuel the prophet comes along and says uh obedience is better than sacrifice you were asked to carry out this mission in a specific way and uh, now you're trying to cover it over with your actions and your duties, but actually I'm gonna expose your heart, which is I'm gonna expose your heart and say your sacrifice is worthless to me because it comes without with disobedience. Yeah? And it's like, whoa, like, you know, that challenge it's an affronting statement. Because it means that I mean, even to me, in the quietness of my heart that was an affronting statement. And I feel so grateful that the Lord could say it to me and not have me disappear down the hole of, gosh, I suck. (laughs) Right? Because it's a fronting statement. It does come, but it comes with what you were talking about, Chris. It comes with knowing that I have mercy and grace to approach him now with it. So what do you mean, God? What do you, what are you saying? What are you asking of me then? Where am I offering sacrifice to you and without obedience? Where am I covering over a piece of me? Yeah? And so then it led me to this idea of exposure and then it led me to Hebrews chapter 4 and then it made me realize, oh gosh, I'm looking for some rest. <laughs> and I was saying in our group and we were we were sharing about it together with Marcel and Soph and Hannah. We were sharing. And uh, I know Hannah, you touched on pieces of these, but it was just like um uh, rest um, sorry I lost my thought um, we were we were talking about um, um, the practical nature of of rest being um, I'm just gonna decide where to go I'm just gonna decide where to go um, rest was um, something that I think we live, I think we, I think the world, I think in general, people are happy to live without rest. And Marcel corrected me and he said, uh, I actually think life is just happening, rest or no rest. Yeah? And I thought, oh, that's that's a better way of putting it. Life goes on without rest. Yeah? The world is moving quickly and time is moving and my kids are growing and they're the greatest picture of that aren't they either that or your old age is, as a dad at 40s yeah whatever right our old our old age de- depicts this uh, our kids depict it whatever but life moves on and i don't always choose uh rest as a as a part of my life and i, I look at the parallel because hebrews 3 and 4 really parallels the israelites and and um they actually chose not rest and actually what they knew what they wanted was to to know yeah and they even said at one point we'll we'll go back to egypt because that is a known factor yeah we'll live in bondage if it's something that we know how to live within but you're asking us to do something we don't know yeah and even though you say it's going to be great and wonderful and great and awesome uh somehow our our humanness draws us back to not rest yeah So my default is not rest. So then I get get to this and I get to this idea that he exposes the heart that his word exposes me. And I love this idea that I am, that, I mean, we've just touched on all these pieces. So I'm just quickly touching on the highlights for me. Okay. I'm not, I'm not preaching. I just, I just love these, these pieces that's like, well, number one, my default is to live without rest. I do it. I'm happy to do it and I don't know why but I'm happy to live without rest and I don't even know what's on offer I don't even know the rest that's on offer and we were we were saying even God is willing to come and give me rest in a, in a way that I haven't experienced it you know I have experienced his rest it is there but Brad and I were talking this week and it's like well I have listened to God and followed God and said I trust you God and you have given up the house a thousand times right Um, but where are the boundaries where are the places that i won't where does that run out because inevitably i guess i find that it does and that's the point of his word as it comes and exposes me it cuts between and if i and i loved how you put it that that if a god is so good and gracious to me it's not about exposing me to everyone that i might be ashamed because that is my default i'm just like oh that feels too much the point is I'm exposing you to you that I might give you something greater, the rest. Yeah. And the last piece in here that I just I just loved, and I believe you touched on it in your message a couple years ago. And I'll send out the link because you should listen to his message a couple years ago. That's the message for today, but it's really good it will be good, but, um, it's this marriage, this marriage of rest and trust, you know, and I really think we've been talking about it a lot this morning, but this, this, this idea of, you know, obedience is better than sacrifice. Obedience comes with trust. If I obey, um, that's going to be better for me. Right. And so it's this idea of the marriage of, of trust, choosing to trust you. And God doesn't come and ask me necessarily. It's not that, um, there aren't things that he can ask me to do over and over again. But I, I just think that the point of learning to trust and taking ground and going further and have him having more of my heart and me having more understanding of who he is and more glimpses of the rest that he is on offer and the life that he has for me, it means that the next thing he asks me to do is probably not going to feel like a known quantity. You know, the next thing he asks of me is going to push those boundaries. He's going to bump me right up against the places. That's where his word divides, right? it's going to bump me up against that spot where his word comes in and divides and says, this is you and this is me. Come be with me. Come choose what I'm choosing. And I I think, I mean, I'm looking for the life where it doesn't do that, where I get to hang out in the there were always good but that's not the life of faith he invites me into that's where i'm going oh good (laughs) yeah so that's the challenge i think and so those are the those are the pieces thanks for thanks for wrestling into it today i know even with the kids at the beginning it was like oh no is this even gonna Are we even gonna let this thing sink but thanks for just letting it sink and letting it marinate for you and i'll send you i'll send you i'll send you a link to those uh to that podcast because it's it's rich and it's worth worth listening to in in follow up to this morning yeah
1: yeah and there's a plea in this passage that I think just plays into you know your your story and where this has come from that plea is when you hear his voice today don't harden your heart and it's like this passage is an invitation to have a soft heart exposed before God pursuing the clarity that comes as he reveals me to me you know and it's like uh when god's bumping up against hard heart areas which we all have you know it's like it'd be good it'd be good if this was just like either it's hard or it's not and it's like there's parts of my heart that are soft toward him and parts of my heart that are refusing to believe And when I see it that way and God's presenting me an opportunity to be bumped up against hard-heartedness, it's like, when you hear his voice today, don't harden your heart. It's like, that's a refusal. That's a, I can't trust that, or I don't wanna believe that. And unbelief comes into submission to faith with choice. And that is what you're talking about. That's the discomfort place that goes. This is asking me to step in at risk yeah. yeah anyway well why don't we get Ben Janessa uh, yeah. let's 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 do some worship and we're going to do communion during this yeah. worship time you doing running
3: that I don't know are you running that no, good. Oh. Good. Come. We'll, we'll do it yeah totally yeah because there's no there's no better picture than that and communion you know what he did for us and reminding ourselves of of that truth and so we'll do that together